you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today at the Bristol Motor Speedway Media Center, where I am joined on a busy morning, busy Friday morning for Chase Elliott. Thanks for being here, Chase. Yes, sir. Glad to do it. So as we are here in mid-August, I guess there's two things on your mind, and that would be the NASCAR playoffs and Georgia football. Do I yeah. have that correct? Yeah, something like that. Also, Braves, you know, baseball, they're, <laughs> they're in first place in the in at least two right now. But yeah, just uh, honestly, a really fun time of the year. I look forward to fall every year. You know, I feel like everything kind of ramps up this time of the season for us, and then... Uh, you know, any open Saturday afternoons that you have, watch dogs on TV. So it's a good, uh, good time. How many Georgia games are you getting to this year? Do you, do you have it mapped out? Uh, probably only one. You know, our, our schedule, unfortunately, uh, runs kind of alongside theirs throughout the fall. You know, yeah. as we're getting busy, uh, they're getting started. But we end the week before their regular season ends. So I uh, can t- typically make it to one, maybe two. Just kind of depends on how the, how the year falls. Which one are you getting to? Uh, the one that I've been going to the past couple of years is the Georgia Tech game, uh, just ah, okay. because it's the only only one I've been able to make it to. But uh, I'd love to go to some more. Just haven't uh, haven't been able to make the make the schedule work out. I would think you'd want to thank Coach Kirby Smart for the inspiration for uh, those yeah. who didn't hear this in your victory lane interview at Watkins Glen. One of the first things you said was that you should. That you quoted Kirby Smart, who said. I believe this was on SEC Media Day. You should feel privileged to have pressure to win games and to have expectations. Did pressure as a privilege, was that a, a mantra that you were consciously relating to and living by, or was it something that sort of reframed how you approach your racing? I wouldn't say it reframed it, but I think it was just something good to keep in mind. You know, it's, uh, you know, been in, been in multiple situations where uh, haven't closed races out, you know, and have to realize that those situations are, it's a privilege to be in them. You know, you're, they're not, you're not there by luck. Uh, not when you do it eight times. So, you know, I think you have to recognize that you're running well enough to, to earn that spot and, and to go and capitalize on it when you have the chance. So the last time I had you on here, we talked about how you had tweeted about a, a Bill Belichick quote. And now I notice you're obviously you're a Georgia fan, yeah. but you're, you're into Kirby Smart. Are you into like motivational <laughs> speeches or what football coaches say as leaders? Is that something nah. that strikes your fancy? Well, I mean, I, I like, you know, I like following football and, you know, I have a lot of respect for some of the coaches and, I think those are those are two great ones. Obviously, uh, you know Belichick being one of the one of the all time best ever. So I would say that for him to be really good, he does something right. So uh, so yeah, I think when those guys have quotes or, or speeches that uh, that hit home with you, I think that's for a reason. And and obviously, you know when they're teaching to 
uh, you know, one of them teaching to kids that are my age, if not a little younger than me. And then obviously, you know, Belichick having to, you know, talk to grown men. I mean, that'd be a tough thing to do uh, to get grown <laughs> men right. to feel motivated. So sure. Yeah. I think those guys absolutely uh, have a talent in, in saying the right things when, when the right thing needs to be said. Do you see that from Rick Hendrick at all, maybe in subtler ways or different ways? Yeah, I do. You know, I, I think he has very similar leadership qualities. Like I think everybody's different. Uh, is he going to get up in front of everybody and give some <laughs> long motivational speech? No, that's, but that that's fine because that's not him. Right. Um, right. So, you know, yeah, I think that his, you know, just because he doesn't stand up in front of media and give a, give everybody a motivational speech or a speech to pump you up all the time, doesn't mean that he's not a great leader. You, you don't own the companies he owns and, and, uh, run a race team with, you know, 600 employees without being a good leader. People obviously look to him in a lot of different ways and, and he answers to him. So yeah, I think he goes about his business very well. Yeah, everybody's got their own style. Sure. Thankfully, his is a little more pleasant with the media. Yeah. We're, we're lucky that way. Did you ever want to play football? No. No? Okay. No, not really. <laughs> I, you know, I played some in middle school and stuff like everybody else, but never uh, never had any interest to pursue it, you know, okay. by any means. What about somebody your age? Do you ever think about, obviously, you can be a Georgia fan because I think everybody from your state is a fan of Georgia football, especially at this time when they're so good. But do you ever think about, like, would it have been cool to go to college for that reason to sort of, like, have a rooting interest? I know maybe not so much for the academic side, but just to, like, feel a part of something like that and go to games. I mean, even if you – unless you're on the team, I I don't know how much (laughs) you're contributing to – you know, I think it's so funny. People say, oh, well – you know, we won this weekend or we lost right. this weekend. It's like, look, you know, I, I understand that you're a big fan or whatever, but, you know, I'm never going to say the Georgia Bulldogs as we <laughs> won or lost this weekend because I had nothing to do with their <laughs> win or loss. And and uh, so, yeah, that's just kind of how I look at it. But, yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the, the college side, uh, there, there's some things that sure would have been a lot of fun. Uh, the academic side probably wouldn't have been a whole lot of fun, but you know everything kind of runs its course for a reason, and that wasn't, uh, it, you know, hasn't been in my cards to this point. Never know, maybe someday go back to school. I don't know, but um, but yeah, I don't know how much it would have made me feel associated more so with with a Georgia football team. You know, I think that, uh, like I said, unless I'm unless I'm on the roster, I don't really know how that would have <laughs> would have changed. So you don't necessarily feel ownership as a Georgia resident. And that football teams. I mean, yeah, I feel I feel a sense of pride because I live there, and yeah. you know, I want I want to see him do good. And I think more than anything, it's because I've been a fan all my life, and, and right. I have a a rooted interest with them because that's that's where I've lived, you know. So I think that uh, sure, yeah, I feel a lot of pride because of that. But do I feel like I'm a part of the team because of that? No. No. Um, <laughs> I I want to see him do good, and I'm as big a fan as anybody. But you know, I don't feel as if I have right to coach them or tell them what's good or bad or right. or um, act as if I was a part of it. So you also talked to, after the wind chase about Jimmy Johnson. Of course, he, he pushes you to victory lane, but you also talked a lot about how he's been talking to you more. You guys had had some real, uh, I guess, in-depth conversations in the offseason when you were in Colorado. How much of that was about leadership and about, you know, he's obviously the dean of Hendrick Motorsports, but hmm. there's there's a time when he won't be anymore, and I would think it's looking like that will transfer to you when, when that happens. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, I think more than anything, just to, just his friendship has meant a lot to me, and, and uh, I don't necessarily think that our conversation was centered around, around leadership or around passing the torch. 
by any means he's not going anywhere uh, for a little while I'm sure so I think it was it was really more just about performance and just about doing a better job and you know and so on and him giving some takes from his perspective and and how uh, how that you know I could potentially do better so but no nothing about you know how to lead the company or the group I think that everybody kind of has their own personality and and um, for Jimmy it fits him so well because he's a he's kind of a natural leader and he is um, you know he's just a good guy and he'd do anything for you and and his uh, it's just his personality fits his role and it's not that he's really changed to be that person I just think that that position really fits him naturally it would have fit him 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh, or whatever but uh, so yeah he, he's in a great I think he's in a great place and he's he's mentally very very strong he does a lot of great things right he has his off his off the track life is is very straightforward and and you know he enjoys that a lot and he has things the way they should be you know and I think there's something to be said for that too so he sort of leads in an effortlessly sort of style I mean it yeah. doesn't seem like he does it like really forthrightly and says yeah. hey I'm the guy here no right not there. at all and he doesn't ask for that yeah. He, he doesn't stand around and, and ask for that uh, that title, but it just fits him well. And I think anybody on our team or people that work at the shop, road guys, people that stay home, you know, whoever would, would tell you the same thing. When he reaches out to you, though, it's not overt, but there is sort of a sense of like he's doing this because he's been around for 17 seasons or whatever, and he knows that you're in season three, and he just wants to check in and just sort of make sure that things are cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why he reaches out. You have to ask him, but I think when a guy like that reaches out to you, it's worth listening to for sure. So as we sit here at Bristol, we're heading in the off week next week, but you'll be busy next Sunday because you're going to the Road America race to watch your father compete. Mm-hmm. And is it Sunday? I thought it was Saturday. Or is it Saturday? Okay. Yeah, I, just I don't want to make that sure. up. I want to make sure they're in the right day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. It's a big day. How much of this was your doing, Chase? Because from what I understand, you kind of leaned on the team a little bit to put him in the car. Yeah, it was. It was honestly just a. Uh, it was just a casual conversation. We were, we were talking about what races they they had open and and uh, and so on throughout the rest of the year. Road America came up, and I said, hey, you know, y'all know Dad's been driving some some races, you know, here and there, uh, SVRA stuff and and old stock cars. You know, not really not that old, but stock cars and and those races. I y'all to put him in there for that race and. Yeah, that's a good idea. So <laughs> kind of got to thinking about it. And, and honestly, that was really my, that was kind of the extent of what I did. And, and they kind of took it from there and reached out to him. And, and uh, he was interested in, you know, in driving and, and having some fun. And I think that that's been the cool part is they don't, you know, GMS is, is such a fun group to work with. And they just want to go have fun, you know, and the opportunities there to go drive and, and thought it'd be cool for him to go do it. So yeah, it, it's been, it's been fun to watch. And kind of see how he's preparing for the race and you know it's not an easy thing you know at all especially when you don't when when you I think sometimes you take for granted doing it every week and the ins and outs and the things that that are very subtle Mm -hmm. that we do like driving down pit road and stopping in your box and you know all that stuff being having the ability to fine-tune that because you do it all the time so I think that uh you know he's he's kind of trying to get back in the groove of doing that stuff and and I think he'll uh, he'll have fun and I don't think, you know, look, he's got nothing to prove. So for him, he just wants to have a good time. And, and luckily that uh, it's a group of guys and a, and a team that is uh, willing to go entertain that. Now, part of that preparation is that he's never raced Road America before, but you have. Yeah. And I understand you emailed him some, <laughs> yeah. some tips. Yeah, I did. I've, I just sent him my, my notes there from the last race uh, that I ran. You know, just has my breaking points and stuff, which, you know, might have changed a little bit since that race. But I thought it would be pretty 
a pretty close starting point. So, um, I don't know, you know, take it, take it, take it or leave it. You know, it's, uh, it is definitely weird to be, to be sending him, uh, my opinion about a racetrack or, <laughs> or this or that, but you know, I want to see him go and, and, uh, get up to speed quick and we don't, you know, you don't have a ton of practice time, you know, on those weekends. So I right. think it'll be important to kind of have a, some references when you get there. Did he reply? Uh, not via email, but we we have discussed it. So he he has read it. So that made, made me feel better about it. <laughs> and you had never, I presume, offered him driving tips before. No, no, okay. no, absolutely not. Have you been to any of his vintage races? Because I've talked to Ray Everham, who's you know raced in, with him at Indianapolis, and the way Ray always always described Bill was that he has fighter pilot precision, and that in his early 60s here, that hasn't really eroded any, at, at all. I mean, it seems like he's still, you know, maybe not exactly where he was 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, but he still can can hit the corners and the apexes and, yeah. and drive as fast. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think he's forgotten how to drive, you know, so it'll be fun to watch. You know, I don't know. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. But, you know, like I said, I'm not – there is nothing to prove. So he just wants to go have fun. <laughs> I think that's what people are forgetting in all this. Uh, he is going to have fun, and I'm going to have fun going to watch him, and that's really all I care about. What are you giving up on your weekend to go up there? Uh, nothing, really. I guess some other things planned throughout the week. Um, you know, be an off week, but really nothing on – Nothing on Saturday. I, I want to go watch. I think that'll be as fun as going anywhere else. So I'm looking forward to it. Cool. So tomorrow night, you've got a commercial coming for Mountain Dew, which I believe, as it was explained to me, is like the first commercial in which you were sort of the centerpiece. Is that a fair way to sort of describe it? Somewhat, yeah. We yeah, uh, yeah we, we filmed this commercial, I guess, been a couple months back. And, and uh, you know, it's just been really cool because Dale has kind of always been their guy and right. you know, their NASCAR guy. And, and uh and making these commercials and stuff, and obviously with his retirement and things that uh, opened the door if they were interested in doing something with somebody else, and, and it was just a really, you know, a natural kind of fit, I guess. I was already partners with them, already had some races and had a relationship, and yeah, they pitched the idea of wanting to do a commercial with kind of me as their NASCAR guy, and uh, proud to proud to carry that role. So looking forward to it. Hopefully everybody likes it. It uh, it was pretty fun to, to shoot, so yeah, we'll see. Interesting you bring up Dale Jr. because I mean, he's a really good example where some drivers are very protective of their brand chase. And I think if you talk to Dale, like in the first half of his career, he might have done some commercials where he didn't have as much control over his image. But over the last 10 years, commercials like with Mountain Dew or you know other endorsement products he did, I think it changed to where he only did endorse things that he liked and were, that were true to him. Mm-hmm. As you move into that phase where obviously you're a winner now and you've got this most popular driver label, you're going to get the opportunity, I would think, to kind of mold how the world sees you through platforms like this. How invested do you get in that? Well, I think one thing, I'm not sure, I can't speak for Dale as to what he decides and how he's you know, picked and, and chose his, uh, his partners and, and how he promotes them. You know, who knows how all that works. There's a lot of complicated things that go into all that. But I think one thing that you can control is, you know, the onsets and, um, you know, you're acting at the end of the day. And I think that's one thing that Dale has gotten really good at is his acting in commercials and things. And he has done a really good job of just going into those situations and just not caring as much. <laughs> and you, and I yeah. think that's how you have to be. If you go in there and you're really timid, it's going to show, on camera and and i'm certainly not to the level that that he's at and and uh you know it's i'm not an actor acting is not my favorite thing to do by any means but uh you know i think it's something that you know i certainly would love to get better at and you know shooting these 30 second 60 second commercials can can help with that and he's uh He's done such a good job with it. It's been fun to watch, and uh, luckily I've had a chance to do a couple productions with him and kind of see how how he goes about it, and I think there's something to be learned there. Did he offer you any tips 
on how to do that? No. This no. is something you just sort of observe. Yeah, just kind of watch. So yeah. I, I haven't seen this commercial, but it's been described as you letting loose with fans. Does that help you with the acting side? That I would presume you're just kind of being yourself. You're just natural in this. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't have to do a whole lot of acting in this spot, which is which is great. And th- those are the those are the kind that that typically turn out the best. I think is when you don't have to put on a yeah. a, a fake face or whatever uh, to do it. So yeah, it's uh, it's very you know from my end very laid back, and and I think people will see that. I was also told it was intended to show that you wear your passion for racing on your sleeve. How do you think you do that? Because I, th- I would think some people think passion for racing and might equate that with like fiery and emotional persona, whereas that's not really you. Like I'm betting you think that there are probably other ways to express that passion. Yeah, I guess. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I think that, you know, like I said, just being you in whatever whatever situation that, you know, the director put, puts you in and those uh, situations. And, and, and honestly, before that, you know, you see these scripts and you see kind of the layout of what a commercial is going to look like. And, um, you just hope that they'll give you some say so and, and what is good and what is bad and what you want to do and what you don't. Because at the end of the day, if you, if you go into those situations being uncomfortable because you don't want to do something, it's not going to look good on yeah. camera. And, right. and that you can only hope that, that everybody's going to be receptive of that. And, and, uh, Mountain Dew has been pretty easy to work with from, from that perspective. And, and I think that's why their spots turn out the way they do. You've got more clout, though, now, like to be able to sort of demand that level of input, right? No, not not really. <laughs> not yet? Not really, no. Okay, all right. Is that something, though, that, like, long-term? Again, like, it seems like drivers, that's something that you think about as you become more popular and more visible. You want to make sure that, as you said, you're yeah, you have, who you have are. have right? a little more say-so. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I think that's something that you can earn over time, but you can't come in demanding hey, I'm doing this and I'm not doing this. So have to be respectful of that, you know, and understand what, what they want versus uh, what I want, try to balance the two out. But, yeah, I mean, I think they've uh, – our partners have been receptive, you know, and listen, and they see the person that I am, I think, and I'm not a real loud uh, loud individual, you know, in general. So I think that they see that. And that does make it difficult to, to do commercials and mm-hmm. things just because uh, it's hard to express that, I think, on camera. But um, – but yeah, it's been good, and I think we've we've kind of found ways to do that. What's the best way, do you think, to express who you are without being boisterous or whatever? Yeah, just be yourself, you know, and, and the best thing they can do is not have me act a whole lot because <laughs> I'm not a good actor. So uh, maybe one day I'll get better at it. But uh, for now, I think that's what it's going to have to be. Hey, Dale Jr. grew into it, so I think you'll be all right. Took him a long time. <laughs> a long you time. did. Very true. So uh, we'll let you out of here uh, on a playoff question. It seems as if your team really has been trending in the right direction the last few weeks. And I know the last two years, from the minute of the playoff opener on, it seemed like you guys found another gear. Do you feel like you're positioned well going into the 2018 playoffs? I think we're positioned decent. Um, we have certainly uh, – you know, the past couple of years been able to been able to get better in those last ten, which is something that I think you have to do whether you're winning leading up to the final ten or if you're not. I think you have to find another gear and, and a, another little bit of another piece of edge because, and if you don't, the guys around you are, and um, you know even the guys that are winning. You know, like you look at the eighteen or the four or the seventy-eight or any of those guys. I mean, they're all going to be ten tenths going in those those final races and they're they're gonna find a little bit more and i think they they probably all have a little bit to gain you know that i don't think that some of some of those guys i don't think are showing their full hand yeah at at all times so i think that um 
Absolutely. You have to peak at the right time. That's a key, key piece in, in this sport. The season's very long, and it can consume you, but those last 10 weeks aren't very long, and, and you can absolutely uh, give 110% those last 10 and not you know not burn yourself out. But you, know, you try to do that every single week from Daytona 500 to Homestead, I think that you might have some issues just because it's hard to just stay that that pumped and that fired up for that period of time uh, amongst the amongst a group. So I think that you absolutely have to give it give it all you have all you, all the time. I'm, I'm by no means saying that you can cruise those first 26 weeks, but I think you have to find somehow a little more for yeah. those last 10 because it's uh, it, it's an important time of the year and everybody else is. You have to manage it in a way that you're still trying to win every week, the first yeah. 26 weeks, but it's a different level the last time. I think it is for sure. And yeah. I've seen that, you know, the first couple of years and, and I think managing, managing that fire, managing that, you know, whatever you want to call it throughout the first 26 weeks is, is key. And, and uh, being able to, being able to bump up your game, you know, those last 10 is, is really important. All right. Well, we'll see if you can do it. Thanks for uh, being here. I appreciate yep. it. Thank you. NASCAR NBC podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Please leave a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And as always, you can send me feedback on Twitter at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.